All right, welcome to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And today we have a special guest for you guys. Uh, you know him as Refuse Suck. Uh, his name is Brian. He runs the company, and he's going to be joining us here in just a second. Uh, we're going to talk about the, uh, the new moves by the Ducks with Ricci and Maroon being signed, the uh, Solani news out of Finland, and we'll also take some fan questions for you. Um, so I'm going to introduce to you now uh, Brian Gilmore. He runs Refuse Suck. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Brian. Hey guys, good to be here. So Brian, uh, you started Refuse Suck a few years ago, and why don't you just tell us how it got going? Because it's been pretty popular now with all the you know the tweets with the anti-ref uh, comments. Well, we got started back in 2008. Um, basically, what happened was we were at a game back in I want to say this is 07 when we first started going to Ducks games. 06, 07 season, actually. I picked the right season to start liking the Ducks. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, Refuse Suck, if you remember our team back then, we were probably the highest penalized team in the league. And uh, we got the shaft quite often, but we just had an amazing penalty killing, uh, which, you know, <laughs> the rest is history. But anyway, uh, Refuse Suck chant was, was something you'd hear multiple times a night, every night. Uh, didn't matter who we played. And uh, that was just a part of the experience for me of, of being a new hockey fan. I was like, wow, this is so cool to hear a whole stadium, you know, saying refuse suck. I had never heard that before. And um, so one of the days I was driving home and I just did a search for it. And so I wonder if anyone ever made a T-shirt because obviously nobody owns that chant. It's universal. It's been around forever. And uh, I couldn't find any shirts and I couldn't find any domains or anything. So I just said, well, I got to. I got a new side project, so I, I started coming up with the t-shirt designs and um, started giving them away at Ducks Games, and um, back then it was MySpace, and that's where I promoted my shirts, and um, from the MySpace audience, it started to grow to other fans and other teams, and that's when I, I just kind of had to s slow down on being, you know, 24-7 Ducks and, and being more just refuse suck in general um, to attract uh, a wider audience and and also other hockey teams. Um, so fast forward to today, um, you know, the Facebook thing and Twitter, um, obviously that's, I'd say Twitter's probably where 90% of my sales come from. Um, we're up to 20,000 followers now, and I'd say 90% of those people are hockey fans. Um, so what happens is every night, that there's a game, uh, my Twitter goes crazy. And anytime there's a missed call or a bad call, uh, I find out about it. And what I do is I retweet those complaints out to the 20,000 followers and then they retweet it. And the next thing you know, it's just a, you know, it's just a battle. Every night's a battle because fans never agree on the calls or, or the no calls, uh, which makes it fun for me. Cause I just get to get in there and, you know, mix it up and, and I try to find the most offensive comments I could find to retweet <laughs> that, that really gets everyone going. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, every once in a while I throw in, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a $15 deal tonight. And, you know, if there was a lot of bad calls at night, I'll sell a lot more shirts. Uh, and sometimes the, the zebras do a good job and I don't sell any shirts. So it just, <laughs> it's always different. Um, but where I got my, my big shot or my first, I guess uh, media attention was um, at a Ducks game. 
uh, we had, let's see, we, we had a really terrible game one night uh, against the Maple Leafs. It was, it was the beginning of the season. Uh, they were on their worst starting streak ever. I wanted, this might've been the 2008 season. Um, and they had lost their first seven, eight, nine games or something. And they just happened to be on one of those rare, you know, one time things where they come through Anaheim and Anaheim had been winning every game or close to every game. And it just seemed like the, the refs were just not going to let us win that night. And, uh, I don't remember what the score was or anything, but the audience was so mad. And um, the ref, you suck chance were running strong. And so uh, I kind of took advantage of that. I said, you know, let's let's have a referee protest because uh, there, there was back to back games that weekend or whatever. So just through my space, I was able to get like 50 people to show up and hold anti referee signs in front of the Honda Center. <laughs> and um, I didn't realize like, for me, I thought it was just it'd be a fun stunt, you know, something to get the word out about my shirts, but at the same time, give fans, you know, a way to support the team in, in kind of a different way. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't realize it was going to get the attention it got. And so next thing I know, um, after our little 15 minute protest out on the corner of, uh, Catella and, uh, whatever that street is <laughs> by the, by the pond, um, right. they, uh, I gave everybody free shirts that came. And everyone was wearing their shirts. And I would say a decent amount of those people were season ticket holders, were big fans. And um, they wouldn't let us in. The The ticket people or the ushers had been instructed not to let people wearing that shirt inside. Uh, and I was just, I couldn't believe it because I, I wore a Refuse Suck shirt every game, every night. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is like, this is like the Ducks slogan. Like everybody knows ref you suck it's set every night how is who am i offending and they just well it's new policy it's, it's considered uh to be a it's considered to be an offensive uh slogan on a t-shirt um so we weren't very happy about that and the funny thing is my wife she was re even more mad than i was and she's like there's no way you know we're season ticket holders and and uh, you can't treat us like this we're your biggest fans we're your you know your biggest supporters and you know, you're going to have to give us a, another shirt then if you want us to wear something else. And they said, okay, we'll do that. And they gave everybody free duck shirts uh, <laughs> if they would not wear refuse suck, or you had to take it back to your car if you weren't willing to put uh, a duck shirt over your refuse suck shirt. Um, so I made a few calls and I, I talked to some lawyer friends and, and they said, you know, it's, it's a private business. They can really make any kind of rules they want. Um, you know, it's, they're going to, they're not going to, they, they don't want to offend the fans, obviously, because that's their customers, but he goes, really, they can, they can do whatever you want, but you know what? It's free speech. And, and most people are going to think it's free speech because it's not like you have a four letter, you know, it's not like you have a cuss word on your shirt. Um, right. so he said, I would, he goes, if I were you, I'd write up a little press release and send it out. And who knows, somebody might run with it. And, um, the next day I wrote something up, I explained the whole experience and, um, a writer from the sports section at the Orange County Register responded immediately and said, we'd love to do an interview with you. And, uh, you know, we're going to do like a full page thing on, on it. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, what do you want to know? And so I, I told him the whole story and, 
and then next thing you know, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on the radio and or television in Canada um, on Sportsnet, and they wanted to know all about the story, and so my story just started spreading and spreading, and we were no way ready for the kind of publicity we had. Um, the the web servers that we were on crashed, you know, all day long. They like we supposedly had fifty thousand hits in a day. Which I, I never saw that happen, but according to my web guy, he's like, "You just, you just melted the servers." Like he's like, "All our other, all our other customers are really pissed because um, all their websites were also getting knocked down because the bandwidth or whatever they didn't have the, the capacity to support that much attention." And I was on television, which is nationally syndicated in Canada, so all of a sudden, you know, all of Canada listened to my story. And uh, and wanted to know about refusesuck.com, uh, so that's kind of the jumping off point. That's when I realized, like, all right, I have something here that works with any sports fan. And um, you know, although I'm a Ducks fan um, personally, the the shirts you know don't reflect any any one team. It's it's you know it's funny shirts. It's making fun of something that everybody at one time or another you know can can identify with or agree with. That's, yeah, that's no, the story. <laughs> no, and, and you know, Brian, that's the thing that's been like amazing, you know, talking about uh, doing stuff on the blog and the stuff that you've helped me with too and seeing, you know, just the, the response to the people. When you've sold shirts, I mean, you've pretty much sold shirts in like the U.S., Canada. I mean, how many other places? I mean, I know it's been all over. At almost every country. Um, at one time or another, I've gotten orders from the weirdest places, um, Japan, Russia, um, actually Ireland, um, quite a few in different, um, United Kingdom areas. Uh, gosh, what was, the, there was one that Australia, that wasn't the weird one though. There was one that cost, it cost more to ship it there than the shirt costs. And the guy was still willing to, to order it. Um, so then I started debating whether I, I need to be making shirts in other languages because, right. Obviously, um, you know, referees are hated <laughs> worldwide, especially, yeah, when comes, <laughs> especially when it comes to hockey. It just seems like those guys, I think there's a lot more room for error because hockey's such a fast game. And um, I mean, I know people of every, every sport complain about refs, but for some reason, the hockey ones are a lot more passionate about um, the, the Zebras doing a, a bad job or missing something, you know, that affects their team or their, their score. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would think especially in Canada, too, because, you know, that is their sport. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've sold tons of shirts to Canada. Um, when we if you remember back when Tortorella got uh, suspended in Vancouver, right. um, you know, I thought, man, I need to get on this because this is one of those stories that's going to you know, be heard around the world. And um, and the guy that made the free torch shirts uh, got shut down by the NHL or by, I don't, I don't know if it was the NHL or the, the club, but he, he was told he couldn't make those shirts because it had Tortorella's face on it. It was kind of, you know, that, that famous photo of Tortorella pointing at the right. ref or whatever. And, um, and so I, I got a hold of that guy and I said, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to help you out. And uh, I go, I'm going to have to modify the, the design a little bit, but for the most part, we'll keep everything. And what I did was I just made a censored strip and put it across his eyes. 
and uh, turned around and put it on my website and uh, and paid him a commission off of it. And I never got a call from any any lawyers or anything. So I think there's just whatever you're doing with the NHL or with any license thing, you just got to be careful with how you, um, you know, referees, nobody owns that, that name or that word. So as long as you're not uh, stealing an actual logo or, you know, using somebody's property, um, it's just, it's kind of just a fun, a fun way to, uh, to support or not support. (laughs) Right. Or, or, you know, what's funny, too, is uh, if you remember, I got a letter from the NHL, too. Uh, you know, you had helped me doing the shirts and, and doing some of the designs. And I had one that had a symbol, not of this. It wasn't the exact Stanley Cup, but it was similar. And, uh, you know, the NHL came down on me. I mean, I didn't even sell any of the shirts, but I had just thrown it out there. And uh, an attorney hit me up. I mean, he was actually a nice guy, and I was able to talk to him about it. But it just cracked me up because, like you said, you just one little thing. And then here you go. You got to be careful. Yeah, well, they, you know, they they file their their um, trademarks and their patents, and um, and they should, you know, it's their it's they their company, and they're, you know, they got to protect themselves. So I mean, I I, I get it. It just, um, you know, like the Tortorella thing. It, it was just funny. It was funny to see free torts on a shirt when, <laughs> you know, Vancouver got behind this guy so bad. They 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 were so happy to finally have a coach that you know, had some fire and, and, uh, was, was passionate. And that's why I, I mean, I just thought it was awesome. I, you know, going to the locker room might've been a bad call, but, uh, but, uh, it sure made a great story and a, and a great t-shirt. <laughs> you know, speaking of your shirt, so wh- which one has probably been the most popular shirt so far? Uh, by far the, uh, Refuge suck hockey, uh, the hockey referee character has definitely been by far the biggest seller. I've, I've reprinted that design dozens of times mm-hmm. um after that would be the Sidney crosby uh, diver shirt that right. one's that one just came out you know six months ago uh it was actually a fan that that came up with the design uh, a girl in new york who's a graphic designer and she has a a, a major hatred for Sidney crosby she's a rangers fan and uh, and she says hey what do you think of this and send it over and i said i I will put that on a shirt with your permission. And she's like, Oh yeah, I, I hate Sidney Crosby. You gotta, <laughs> gotta do it. So I threw it out there and I couldn't believe it. It just sold like hotcakes. I, they still sell, uh, even in the off season they sell. So, um, so we're going to, we're, we're kind of going to take a look at that uh, as far as players go. And, and, you know, there's definitely players that are more hated than others. Uh, and so we're going to have some fun hating on those players this year. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I think Crosby is just one of those that, I mean, he's very, very popular, but he's just one of those that, you know, you either love him or you hate him, you know? I mean, he scores yeah. a lot of goals, but, I mean, he'll he'll do his little diving routine too. Oh, yeah, and that's, you know, when you got a guy like that who makes big bucks and he's your franchise guy and, you know, he, he trips over the blue line and gets the call every time, <laughs> the fans eventually figure it out and go, come on, you know, you, you can't protect – or or favor one player that much or else it's going to backlash and i think with crosby it has backlash the guy is an amazing hockey player um but when you see the calls go his way over and over again maybe not in the playoffs he didn't have such a good time but. yeah yeah <laughs> but, Lundquist, uh, Lundquist helped him a little bit too <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh you you could tell he was frustrated and kind of felt for the guy because it just 
he was he's so you can just see the guy so used to getting his way and then when it doesn't go his way the guy just melts down and um you know it's i guess it's kind of like a kid if you if you spoil him too much and then you take it away uh you're gonna have hell to pay <laughs> oh yeah definitely speaking of other players is there anybody uh in particular that you're thinking about making a, a shirt or um you just still kind of feeling it out you know during the summer months yeah, we have one that one design that's made, and um, it'll be released this season for uh, the Sedines. Uh, the Sedines also have a pretty big reputation for diving, um, and so that has had some good response, some good feedback, and um, we've also had a lot of uh, requests for a, a Dustin Brown dive shirt. So we're, <laughs> we're kicking kicking that around as well. Um, he uh, he definitely gets he that guy. I mean that guy knows how to hit and he knows how to draw penalties like nobody's business. So, um, that might be a good target for us. Um, you know, I, I, I just let the fans kind of direct cause I, I don't follow every team. You know, I, I read right. the headlines, but, um, I don't, I don't follow the rivalries, uh, you know, on the East, like I do here. Right. Uh, you know, like your your San Jose shirt that you that you guys made was hilarious. I mean, that, that was number that, one. Until they win a cup, that shirt will sell every year. <laughs> yeah, that's the number one shirt. You know, everybody cracks up about that one. So that one's been the best. I just got to come up with some other. I've got a few others that are going to be coming out that not so much anti shirts, but I've got a few uh, pro duck ones that. You know, I'm going to be bringing out probably the end of September when the season, you know, gets a little bit closer. Because like you had talked about, you know, right now it's just there's such a lull, no hockey, you know. Yeah, it's hard right now. And, and you know, sales go way down in the summer. They always do. You know, I've, I've been at this for a while now, um, six years now. So it's it's like that every year. Summer always slows down. Um, that's when you got to retool, uh, figure out what designs you want to keep, which ones you want to discontinue, um, and then decide – who your next targets are going to be and keep, keep building that social media. Cause, um, you know, the, the Twitter, the Twitter hockey fans are crazy. They are, they are, they're out of their mind and it's awesome. <laughs> Love it. It is very true. I mean, you know, getting the updates and, and, you know, we talk about like the blog and stuff too. get, you know, when you, when something happens, that's funny or controversial or whatever, you've got to jump on that right away. Oh yeah. And I, and believe me when it, I've got a lot of reporters that, that love to, they know I retweet. I'm one of the only accounts that pretty much will read. I don't care if you have five followers. If you, if you ran about a ref, I'll retweet you and uh, give you your five seconds of fame. <laughs> right. That's very true. I mean, you're always good about that, you know, and, that, and then other people get in on the action, which is, it's hilarious too, because you know, the other thing is on Twitter is usually if you're a hockey fan, I mean, there's people that have accounts that, that are hockey in general, but you know, there's people that duck fans are together. The shark fans are together. The Kings fans are together, but as soon as they play each other and you get a few of their tweets going, then you get these battles going and it's just hilarious. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and there's some witty characters out there that, you know, it's one thing, you know, call out somebody for diving, but some of the lines I get, I'm like, Holy cow, I got to make a book <laughs> because there are some hilarious, um, chirps out there that these fans come up with i'm like man i wish i was sitting next to you at a game <laughs> just to hear what you say because <laughs> they're is, really creative which which is funny because you know before you and i met we didn't realize that we had season ticks uh tickets sitting right next to each other <laughs> oh i know this next section over how crazy is that 
Yeah, so that, yeah. that that worked out good. I remember, you know, just uh, going, oh, yeah, I sit right here. I'm like, I've been sitting next to you for how long? And yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So let's talk so, about the Ducks. What's going on this, this season? I know you're way more on it than I am, so fill me in. Yeah, well, that's what we were going to talk about. You know, not, not a lot has happened recently, um, but uh, Eddie and I have been, you know, following it, and uh, we had two signings of uh, – Nick Ritchie for three years, uh, entry-level contract, and Patrick Maroon for three years. And, uh, Eddie, what do you think about us getting these two uh, for three years? Uh, well, the Nick Ritchie one was, was kind of always on the cards because he's going to get that three-year uh, rookie contract that most of the rookies, uh, the top uh, rookies in the in the uh, first ten picks have already gotten their, their contract, so it was kind of obvious he was going to eventually get his. But the, the Maroon one is... Is kind of interesting because he uh, he had a, a very good season last year for the type of player that he is, and he kind of rem- remains an enigma to me because I don't know if he if he's that guy who's going to be the fourth line kind of fighter, or is he because he contributed some goals last year, but I don't know if he's going to be uh, a guy who's going to put up points regularly, or he's going to be that kind of scrappy third and fourth line guy or not. Right, and you know Brian, we were talking about this. Uh, Heatley comes in. You know, it looks like from our Boos, uh, Boudreaux interview that we had that he's going to play on the first line. But if he doesn't play on the first line, it looks like Maroon could play on the first line, Brian. Wow. I'm, I'm good with that. I, I think I think Patty did a great job. I think he earned that three-year contract. And I, I just can't wait to watch. He's like a young penner. I can't wait to watch <laughs> him grow into those into that spot, you know, because he's, he's a big dude. And um, I, I just I like his story, too. He's got a great story. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see him even if he's not in the first line. You know, Eddie, I, I don't, I don't know if he goes on the fourth. Maybe he'll uh, be able to be on the second or the third. You know, and produce there. Yeah, like um, I was reading um, an article on, on Hockey News. They put out a couple of uh, predicted stats for some of the players. They said uh, that they predicted Maroon would have uh, a 40 points if he had a full season this year. So if he got he got anywhere close to 40 points, I'd, I'd be extremely happy. Like, he, he had a great season last year with only 62 games. Had, I think he was verging on 30 points. He had 29. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how he does this season. He had a great season last year, and, uh, yeah, he fully deserves the, the three-year extension that he got. Yeah, and, and you know, it's going to be important because, like we've talked about this before, he's a left winger. We don't have a lot of left wingers. Obviously, we added Heatley. So, he's, you know... I could see him um, even being matched up with Kessler, uh, Brian. That's, you know, the other big news, of course, was getting uh, Brian Kessler from Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. He, either way, I think you're probably going to see Boudreaux, you know, moving back and forth and then just kind of feel it out and just see, just see who's going to click with Heatley because he's a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen with him. Definitely. The um, the other the bigger news I guess that came from the Ducks, which just happened recently, is we heard uh, from a Finnish reporter that they said that Tamu Solani was offered ten million to play one year with Jokerit, and they even offered him a secondary deal if he didn't take that deal of five million to play the home games. Eddie, what do you think about that? Um, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. I I I take it if I was him. An easy five. Five to ten million dollars for playing one season, uh, as long as he's he's uh, there for the uh, on January 11th for for the jersey raising, then uh, then I'm okay with it. But yeah, I, I think it's a pretty easy decision um, from my perspective. Uh, I think he 
he'll probably pick. Uh, you know, I, I can't really say, but the the five million one for just home games is is a pretty sweet deal in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it leaves it open for his family at home too, because mm-hmm. I, I think that's the hugest thing for him is, you know, here he was gearing up towards I can finally be, uh, you know, part of my my kids' careers and their, you know, he's he's a family guy and I just. I'm shipping everybody back there. I mean, I know they go there to visit, but you'd almost have to move everybody back there if he's going to sign for a year. Yeah, that's true, Brian. I mean, he, you know, it'd be maybe more likely that he does the the five million just the home games because then he can probably go back and forth a little bit and you know and not be as much of a strain on the family. But yeah, I definitely see the family decision uh, coming in there um, and being a you know a major part, if not the main part of his decision. Um, another part that Eddie and I had talked about too before is, you know, we know that Winnick's gone, Hiller's gone, but, uh, Koibu's still up in the air and we haven't heard anything. Uh, what do you think, Brian, if maybe Koibu goes over there for a year with Solani and they just, uh, you know, finish their careers there for a year? I would love that, man. I, I love both those players. Um, I think, I think Koibu could have had a, a better send off than, th- than that. I mean, that guy's legendary. Like I, I just... Uh, I love both those players, and and I, man, you just you just never want them to stop. <laughs> you just want them to keep playing, so you can keep watching them. Yeah, and I would think you know uh, Eddie, you probably agree with me on this. I mean, uh, you know, Corey Wu was obviously overshadowed by Solani with all the fanfare and the retirement uh, celebrations everywhere he went around the league. Yeah, yeah, um, I didn't get a real you know a huge taste of it. Um, I've only been to a couple of uh, Ducks games, but when you look at it from from the outside. It, uh, from here, well, when you uh, talk about uh, Anaheim Ducks, anybody here, it, it's all Timu. He gets uh, most of the praise from everybody else. So, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to see Koivu join him there if they end up going. Uh, that that could, uh, along with family, that could play a big part. And uh, if he decides to go over there as well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to stay on top of the news as, as fast as I can. You know, um, I've been reading some of the uh, Finnish articles. Uh, and it, it's just crazy trying to do the Google Translate, you know, Brian. I mean, it's like you said about translating shirts. I'm trying to stay up on everything international because just like your blog and 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 um, yourrefusuck.com and you helping us, it's it's the same thing. I I see hits from places all over as far as uh, just trying to stay up on the news. Yeah, well, he's you know, Timu's uh, that guy's got fans everywhere. And uh, he's he's just such an awesome guy, and and um, you know it, he's he's a lot like Niedermeyer. It doesn't matter where he goes; he's going to have people that love him and respect him. And uh, you know, I would love to see Timu take take a huge payday, just because look what he's been playing for for the you know last few years. Like a rock star guy like that, you know, back in the day there wasn't these contracts that you're seeing now. So it'd be cool for him to to get a little piece of that to take with them on, you know, into retirement. <laughs> oh yeah. Because I mean, according to, you know, cap, uh, he made 10 and a half million in the last three years. And now he has a chance to do it in one season, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be enticing for sure. you know, uh, with, uh, so, with some of the big deals coming out now, like, uh, Brian said that he deals that if he was playing now that like, he'd be getting nine million a year Subban deals if uh, if he was in the middle of his career right now so uh it, it looks uh pretty enticing from the outside but it, you know it's gonna be a tough decision for him hey uh Brian if uh 
Temu doesn't go to Jokerit, doesn't go for the 10-year, the $5 million deal, do you think he retires, or do you think he does something with the Ducks organization, some of the type of role? Yeah, I, I could see him doing that. I, You know, the guy, um, you know he loves the game, and he loves – uh, he he loves the fans. I mean, every time I've ever seen him at a game where he wasn't playing, you know, he's signing stuff, he's shaking hands. He's, you know, I remember seeing him walking in. It was the club level. I think it was just coming off his injury a couple of years ago. And he was at every game, but just kind of hanging out. And who does that? Like these guys, you don't see, you know, players just go mingle like that. And, you know, that kind of says a lot about him and he loves it. I, I You got to think. Um, he enjoys it. He enjoys, um, you know, being around people that that love him, and and I just think that makes fans attract to him even more. Seeing how what a real guy he is, and um, I don't see him going far away from the NHL at all. I mean, whether I don't see him being a you know color analyst or anything, but, right, right. <laughs> but I definitely see see him being at the at the games and being involved with the team for sure. Yeah, you know, the uh, I got to actually meet him one time, fortunately. They have, um, for the fans that don't know, they have a charity event every year called uh, Ducks and Tucks where the Ducks players go around and they uh, actually help cook with chefs, uh, which was kind of fun because um, we went when it was Fowler's first season, uh, you know, before he started getting bigger um, on the Ducks and everything, but also met Tamu. And I have to tell you, he's just very mellow. But, uh, you know, he's nice. You can talk to him, approachable. Um, I mean, a lot of the other players are, of course, too. But I just uh, – it was fun for my wife and I to go see him and uh, uh, talk to him, Eddie. Yeah, um, I've never I've never got to meet him. Obviously, I don't have uh, the uh, that much of a chance here. But, yeah, he just looks like uh, – you know, the, he's just that type of guy. He, you know, he, uh, he caters to everybody else. Uh, he's uh, one of the, the good guys in hockey, so – um, yeah, it's it's not it's not surprising to see that from him. And uh, with the with the role thing too, uh, I really don't uh, see him ever uh, being behind the bench either. He just doesn't seem to be that kind of uh, vocal kind of guy. But uh, I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, he he'll be one of the you know behind the scenes manager guys. But he'll be involved with the Ducks for for a while. Definitely. And you know, speaking of the, of the Ducks and all the moves that they made in the off season. Uh, Brian, um, what do you think as far as the Ducks' chances? You know, obviously, you and I went to Game 7 together, which, you know, we didn't have the best of uh, times, of course. But uh, with the moves and stuff, what do you think about the Ducks' chances? Do you think they'll get uh, maybe to the Western Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup with the moves that they made with Kessler and Stoner and and company? Um, You know, it's yet to be seen. I I definitely think they're going to be, you know, in the picture like they always are. Uh, as long as they stay healthy and um, I'm hoping these, these latest additions um, get us some more support uh, in that second line um, just to get a little bit of pressure off of um, Perry and Getzlaff and give those guys a little more space. Cause it's just, uh, you know, I think w- one of the questions just popped up. I'm looking at Facebook right now. Um, in your opinion, what do you think went wrong in the second round of the Stanley cup between the ducks and the Kings? Um, you know, there was definitely something missing there. And we sat there and we wa- I remember sitting there going, where are the ducks? Like, yeah. they, just, they look like beat dogs right now. They're just skating slow. They're, you know, and then you got everybody piled on top of Perry and Getzlaff because they're expected to, you know, bring it home. But you got to have some help. And I, I'm hoping that this, you know, this Kessler and Heatley thing uh, does the trick. 
Yeah, I think uh, Eddie and I talked about this too. Um, and Eddie, chime in whenever. Uh, I think the face-offs was the big killer because when Brian and I were – I mean, not just game seven. We we watched the other ones too and went to the other ones. But when we were there to um, sitting together at game seven, um, it just seemed like the face-offs is kind of what would go downhill in the beginning and then it would just snowball. And, you know, the Kings just possessed the puck more is what did the Ducks in. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, kind of say is that they kind of just suffocated us uh, – them. You know, what kind of looked like our trademark for, uh, through most of the season, we'd get the puck down low and uh, I forecheck them and, you know, dig the puck out and, and uh, cycle around the zone. And they kind of just uh, suffocated that first line and we didn't have any of that and we couldn't win the face off in their end to get any kind of uh, decent possession. And uh, they, they kind of just stifled that first line and then we didn't really have like a, a, a second punch to go out there and, and have the same kind of impact that gets off and Perry's line uh, usually has for us. And, well, and, and defense also, there were some problems there because we were backing up and just letting them in the zone. And it just seemed like every time here come the Kings again, no one's going to stand up. No one's going to keep them out. Um, and I don't know. There's there's more than just a second line problem, um, in my opinion. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. what what it's going to take. But, you know, these young guys we got the, you know, Lindholm and um you know, th- we've got some amazing talent coming up, and just think when they get another year under their belt. You, know, you look at Cam Fowler, how much he improved last year. Um, when you know he had a couple, couple bad, you know, uh, seasons or whatever. I don't know. I, I really have a lot of faith in these kids that they got. Um, I really like Lindholm. I think that guy is going to be a stud for sure. He doesn't have the size, but he's smart, really smart player. And um, you know, I, I hope the D improves and and you know watches the tape because they definitely need to 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 be bigger yeah and and the one thing we're we're lacking if you're if you're comparing uh, uh from now to the to the stanley cup run in 07 is uh that lack of a, a stud guy on on defense like a Niedemar or a pronger and that's kind of one thing that everybody's been been calling for since then since we we lost both of them uh, you know, Stoner is a good addition, uh, but right now it looks like we're going to have to uh, have one of those young guys step up and, and take that top four role because we've got, you know, Boschman, Fowler, who are the, you know, the main two guys, and then it kind of trails off from there. we got to have Lindholm hopefully step up this year, gain some muscle, and, you know, be uh, an imposing force on the blue line uh, and, and improve on his uh, rookie season last year. You know, Eddie, we got another question uh, from uh, a guy named actually Prince in Hawaii, of all places, um, asking about Stoner and wondering how Stoner will do uh, on the offense and defense this year. What what do you think? Um, Is he going to help out on both sides of the puck or just defense or what? Um, Based on what he's done before, offense doesn't look very likely. He's in that kind of age now where where more physical, uh, bigger defensemen kind of adapt more to playing the puck out of their own end. Uh, but he's not gonna you know contribute more than 15 points. His uh, his impact is really gonna be seen on, on the penalty kill and um, you know uh, getting the digging the puck out in the corners and getting it out to people who can uh, start playing uh, start the play. So uh, I don't see him. Um, contributing anything at all really to the offense that's why we brought in guys like Heatley and we hopefully uh Lindholm can have the same if not a better season that he had last year and uh if uh Vaughton can uh, step up and 
contribute to the offense too. He's uh, not really there for the offense. He's there for uh, you know a big imposing uh, force on on the ice and when everybody knows uh, he's out there. Right, and if uh, Stoner takes over and takes Allen's spot, then Eddie, do you think maybe uh, Allen or Fistrick being the seventh and eighth defensemen on the outside, maybe they do get traded with a prospect or someone else for a, a big name defensive player? Yeah, if uh, if anybody gets traded, I think if you're between the two picking, it's it's probably Allen. Uh, Fistrick's kind of owned that that seventh role, and I think Allen's better than a, a seventh defenseman. Uh, it's not really, and his, uh, I believe his contract is still three and a half million dollars. So keeping that on there, uh, as a seventh guy who's not going to really play, it isn't the, the best decision, even if we're, uh, we're pretty decent in, in uh, cap space. Yeah. And, and what do you think as far as, do you think we would make another move now, or do you think we'd try to make it before the trade deadline, Eddie? Um, I, if, I think if any move gets made now, it, it's, it's going to have to come soon or at the uh the trade deadline uh or you know maybe a a piece move throughout the season if a team needs a a defenseman but yeah if uh if a move doesn't get made anytime soon you know maybe uh early september then it's it's probably near the trade deadline and uh brian is there any big uh defensive players out there that you would like the ducks to go after if we trade allen and a prospect or whoever ah man i don't you know, good good defensemen are really expensive, and exactly. I just don't know what the Ducks have to offer that they're willing to to offer um, to bring in big time, you know, big name guy like that. I I really, you know, I I got to go to a, a lunch uh, thing with Scott Niedermeyer uh, speaking, and when it came down to Q and A, I, I had to like, I'm like, okay, I got to come up with something. I'm never going to get the chance to talk to this guy, right? Right. So I, I stood up and I, and I said, you know, I'm in this room full of people and um, I don't know anyone there except a couple people. And I'm just like, all right, you know, if you remember last season, the Ducks, would we have like a 20 game home streak? I mean, it was just, yeah, amazing, right. We had such an amazing season um, during the season uh, last year. And I'm like, all right, I know you're involved. What's going on? Like, why are these kids so good? <laughs> and the guy just laughed and he's like, it's not me. It's them. And I'm like, come on, you know, like you're you're a coach. Like I I don't I'm not, I'm not buying that. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, you know, Fowler stayed. Uh, I don't know if he still is, but he was staying with uh, Niedermeyer. Right, right, and and you know that guy is a big part of of why um, these kids have been so good. And um, I I mean, I just think give them, you know, if you look at the season they had. You know it's going to be good this year. I just I think both Vatanen and and uh, Lindholm are going to have great seasons, and um, they're smart. It's not the big gritty pronger. You know, I'm going to punch you in the face. It's it's smart defensemen um, that are fast, and uh, same with Fowler. Fowler's a fast freaking skater. If uh, if those guys can be technical and and figure out how to score a few. Um, that's going to be huge for the Ducks. Yeah, and if you uh, you look at their development uh, more so on Fowler, you can see the influence from Scott Niedermeyer in his game. Because when Fowler first came to the Ducks, he was uh, basically 100% offense. His his defense was was pretty much lacking. That's why he slipped down to us in the draft. Um, and then over the the last few seasons, especially last season, he's uh, he's shored up his defensive responsibilities and. And that just that has to attribute to the uh, the experience and the tutoring from from Scott Niedermeyer. And you could see 
you could see it early on in, in Lindholm's game uh, last year, too. He was very strong in his own end, and uh, I think he finished with plus 33 or something. So, yeah, Niedemar definitely, uh, if he doesn't want to admit it, he definitely has an influence on, on the young uh, defenseman in, in, in the Ducks organization. Yeah, I wasn't buying it, but that's just, that's Scotty. You know, he's he's not going to ever take the credit. He just wants to give it to everyone else. But uh, we're so lucky to have a guy, a legend like that, um, involved with these young guys because um, it's that's just, it, you can't buy that, you know. That's, that's just, uh, other teams would kill to have a guy like that in the background. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, even though he was only with the Ducks for, you know, a handful of seasons, I mean, obviously led us all the way to the Stanley Cup. And like you said, he's just a good, not only player, but teacher all around um, that I think is going to help us out. And Eddie, do you think if we stick with the defense we have now and, you know, going with uh, Niedermeyer leading, leading the charge on, on his uh, coaching front, do you think the Ducks get to the Stanley Cup? Um, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, I don't like, I don't think we should sell the farm to, to go out and get one of these, uh, these top four guys. Um, I, I, we said, I think we said in the last podcast, so I want to see, uh, the second season from Lindholm. Uh, I want to see Votnin's season. I want to see how Fowler can uh, come off his season last year. So there's, there's no uh, reason to go out and buy a guy that we might already have, um, in a top four defenseman uh, uh, with Lindholm in his sophomore season. So um, with the guys we have, um, I think we can make it back to the playoffs. Uh, it just we, it just depends on how they play this year. If they can play the same, uh, if not better than they, they did, I don't see why we we can't beat, um, beat uh, you know, the L.A. Kings or Chicago Blackhawks, uh, St. Louis Blues in the playoffs to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. And then, it, it it's really from there. If we can get to the finals, there's not many teams in in the East that got better uh, this year. You know, Boston got uh, a little bit worse. Uh, Montreal is pretty much the same. The Rangers, uh, although making it to the finals last year, didn't really impress me too much. So Lundqvist kind of carried the the load. So um, if if the if the young guys can step up, and uh, you know, with the additions of uh, Kessler and uh, and uh, Thompson and Stone, I think uh, we can make a charge like we did last season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Brian, what do you think as far as you know carrying the load? Do you think Gibson or Anderson will uh, carry the load uh, for the Ducks going next year? Uh, I think you're going to see. Um, you know, if you remember back when Jagger and Hiller had to compete for it, I think that's what you're going to see. I think I think Bruce is going to give them both a, a crack at it, and I, I I see huge promise in both those kids. They're both they're both going to be phenomenal goaltenders. Yeah, Eddie and I talked about it before. I, I'm leaning more towards Gibson. Eddie's leaning more towards Anderson. And I guess you're down the middle, Brian. So we'll just call it a tie, huh, Eddie? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see Gibson start. Uh, it's just I don't know where LaBarba's going to go. He kind of – I don't know where he's going to fit in that with, with Gibson being on, on the, the only goalie on the two-way contract. Um, I think Anderson gets, gets the start. But I, I'd like to see Gibson play at least 30 games, if not more, in the season because, you know, he had a – a great season, uh, but only with a limited kind of sample size last year. So, um, I think he's our top goalie prospect, and it would be great to to see him get some significant playing time this year. Yeah, I think uh, you know either one of them if they get really hot, I think the Ducks can you know ride either one of them. This is my opinion, but I think the Ducks can ride either one of them at least to the Western Conference Finals, Brian. Yeah, well, Gibson got a pretty fancy new. Uh 
new helmet. So I, I, I'm hoping to see <laughs> that on TV. Both did. <laughs> I know that was a, a poll question we did this week, and it was it was uh, kind of funny. Not not a lot of people were really uh, too impressed with Anderson's uh, mask. They actually liked uh, Gibson's Pac-Man uh, mask, and they liked uh, Hiller's Darth Vader uh, mask. Uh, yeah. Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, speaking of polls, too, there was a there was a poll on uh, NBA uh, NBC Sports recently too. It was uh, uh, what is the biggest concern for the Ducks this season? I, I wanted to kind of get your guys' input. On what do you think the the biggest concern is? A couple options they had were a uh, lack of a uh, things we've already kind of like uh, discussed. A lack of a stud defenseman, uh, absence of proven experience and goal. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux's inability to win it all and the uh, health of Ryan Kessler. I wonder if you guys had any uh, input on uh, what would our biggest concern be for the for the season. Yeah, I was Kessler kind of concerned me in that way. He he has been beat up. What he's twenty nine, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's yep. he's still got some some miles left. Um, I don't know what his health issues were. I, I've never followed Kessler that closely. I, I've I've always been. You know, when he comes on the ice, you got to watch him, kind of get kind of thing. But um, I'm not sure what his injuries were or what they are. You guys might know better than I do. But that was my only concern with him. I I really hated to see Benino get dealt. Like that's another player that I really like watching come up and and just get stronger and better. Um, so I, I kind of had mixed emotions. But you know, he's healthy now, so hopefully he stays that way. <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, Eddie, you know, part of it, and this is what some of the fans, I know Brian's heard this from some fans too, is with Boudreaux, when we got him, my concern is you get this guy from Washington, he's taken that team to the number one, number two seed in the East almost every season he's there, but he never gets past the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, it happened the last two seasons. So for me, I'm not really too concerned about the defense, the goalie, or the offense. I'm more concerned about him pushing the team beyond that second round. I mean, I know we were so close last year, and obviously that first game against the Kings killed us with the, the you know seven seconds left. But uh, that's my concern, Eddie. Yeah, um, he's he's shown that he can win, um, but he hasn't shown that he can make it that one step further into the the conference finals and and he's had good teams the, the ducks obviously have been a good team he had a uh, you know Ovechkin won Ovechkin was uh playing at a high level uh and he had you know he had he's had good teams both times around so it, it I think he can he can make it all the way I just it's it's hard to it's hard to just put all the weight on his shoulders too though Oh yeah definitely I mean it's it's not it's not just all him it's going to be the team on a, on a whole, of course. I just that's just my concern. I I like Boudreaux, and I hope that we do go at least to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, I just I want that to at least happen because I know some other people that I've talked to, and, and Brian's probably heard too. Um, you know, just a little bit of chirping, saying, "Okay, well, he does great in the regular season, but what about the playoffs?" Well, he's got a short NHL career too. I I think the guy's done phenomenal with the ducks i mean we i'm sure we all three complained a lot about carlisle when on you know in his last couple of years with the ducks and just that stale um you just predictable play that you just could every shift was like come on seriously so i was just i was stoked to get boudreaux over here and um i just i love his demeanor i love the uh, I, I don't know i just think he gets guys to work and um i i 
I've enjoyed having him as a coach for sure. Yeah, I, I agree, Brian. And that's why I'm hoping that we do go farther just so, cause you know, not, not everybody that's a fan is always positive. I mean, we all, all three of us, I know we try to look at the positive side of things uh, as opposed to some people. And I just want one, I want the ducks to, to beat the Kings. I mean, I want to play them in the playoffs again. I want to beat them so bad. You don't even understand and go another round because I'm just tired of hearing either whether it's Kings fans or some disgruntled Duck fans. It's like we can do it, you know, Eddie. We just gotta push through in the playoffs next year. Yeah, you know, Bruce Brujo, um, he's he's uh, so far um, on his winning percentage. He's been the uh, most winningest coach in Ducks history. It, it's not at the the same uh, games coach as, as other ones, but uh, he's. He's only behind Carlisle, and I, and I agree with Brian on that uh, the Carlisle thing. I, I see it a lot from him now uh, with a lot of the Toronto games I see here. He plays that that stale, kind of stale, boring uh, style that's just uh, too predictable, and, and it, it's you know you you see it with uh, how Toronto's struggling now. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely uh, happy with what uh, Bruce has done. It's just to to see if he can uh, continue that success uh, success into the playoffs too. Yeah, you know, uh, Eddie and Brian, we got another fan question uh, from Alex in Huntington Park, and he asked about uh, actually Babcock and Carlisle, comparing them from the 2003 run to the 2007 run. And uh, Brian, what do you think? Do you think that Babcock did better in uh, 03 or Carlisle in 07? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't even know if I can go there, man. That's a tough one. Man, I, I'm gonna pass. I can't. I can't go either way. But All right, well, Eddie, what do you think? It's 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 kind of the same thing. It's hard, you know. Uh, Babcock was only there for for uh, a few years from '02 to '04, um, and he didn't have the best of teams either. And he he took that that team to the to the Stanley Cup Finals, um, and then it trailed off after there after after Korea left and. And uh, and then Carlisle, you know, they struggled for a while. They picked up Pronger, uh, you know, Niedermar is there, and, and they ultimately win the Stanley Cup. It, it's hard to because if, if if Babcock wins that cup, it's really there's no question it, it's Babcock. But it, it's uh, it's kind of too close to tell, really. <laughs> no, I I mean I agree. I I think you know, and that's why Brian was having a tough time, and I agreed uh, with both of you. I mean, it is it is tough, uh, especially because. I mean, if you go by who won, okay, we lean towards Carlisle and we say, okay, you know, the Ducks won 07, so he's better. But the only reason I would lean a little bit more towards Babcock is just because you had the Ducks team that year that was the seventh seed and wasn't expected to go far. We played, you know, the defending champs, Red Wings, sweep them and then go on. So to, to me, I mean, obviously we lost in seven games, granted. And, you know, Eddie, you and I talked with Phil about that, though, and and on last week and that series could have gone either way the home team won every game and if if the ducks would have played the home game game seven maybe they win that one yeah exactly and then then this isn't even a, a, a really a discussion but uh uh you just i guess you just kind of look at the teams both both coaches had their their struggles but carla is the, the only one who had that real contender under his belt that you know that that team that finished high in the season and, and then they kind of stormed their way to to the cup um, it, it, like I said before, it's kind of too hard for me to tell, and, and I don't really want to pick because of that. So I, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's too close for me. All well, right, it's, it's hard to give it all the all the credit to Carlisle too, because yeah. I mean the 
the core guys, I mean, the shutdown guys we had were just unbelievable. Like, you couldn't score a power play goal on the Ducks that season. Yeah. And that says a lot about, you know, the you got to look at the troops. You got to look who, who were blocking those shots and who were, who were shutting those guys down. Um, maybe some direction from Carlisle, but man, that, that we just that combo that year was just crazy. Yeah, crazy about what they did. That team could have coached themselves too with uh, Niedermeyer, Solani, and Pronger on it too. So it's it's kind of hard to to like you said to give all the credit to Carlisle there. Oh man, well um, we'll just wrap up with a little bit of other news uh, in, in the league here and. Uh, I guess next season they're going to have another outdoor game in California, but we are not going to be in it, Eddie. It's going to be the Kings and the Sharks. Uh, I, I, I kind of like. Obviously, I want to see the Ducks play in it, but you know they're going to give it to the Money Makers, the the team that has, that's at least accumulated the more fans in, in the recent years with the Kings, and then they're just giving the Sharks their chance at being in it. So I couldn't really see them doing a Kings and Ducks ones again. Um, and obviously, if you're going to pick somebody to make you more money. Of, of between the Ducks and Kings and who's going to be in it, they're going to pick the Kings. So it, it's not a, uh, really a huge surprise, but I'm I'm kind of glad that they're not doing. Uh, it was kind of rumored that they're going to do like five or six outdoor games. It kind it kind of gets uh, old when you do that. You want to have maybe one or two, you know, the Winter Classic, then this one Stadium Series or a game. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not 100. I'm not really surprised that the Ducks aren't in one this year. It, it, but it would be nice to see them in another one. Have you heard of any other uh, outdoor games next year besides the Winter Classic and that one? I, those are the only two I've heard of so far. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, they, there's a, always a Heritage Classic game here that's usually out west right. between, uh, I think it was Vancouver, Ottawa last year. And, and they right. do the Winter Classic. And then they had a lot of Stadium Series games last year. But uh, other than that, I've only really heard of uh, the Winter Classic, which I don't know who's in it this year, and then this uh, Stadium Series game. And then there's going to be a Heritage Classic one again. But that's all I've really heard of. Well, you know what I'm hoping is I'm hoping next, not this season, Brian, but the following season, I hope there's an outdoor game with the uh, Ducks and the Sharks and we go to Angel Stadium and we watch that. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that would be awesome. I mean, they, they could totally do it. Anaheim Stadium almost holds 50,000. The other uh, news that uh, came out, Eddie and I talked about uh, Subban last week and how he didn't come to a contract, and we had talked about that uh, going to arbitration. And then just shortly after we had finished the podcast, the news had come out. So, Eddie, they finally rectified that situation. Subban got his uh, big deal, and uh, what do you think? It, it's uh, I still agree that it's a weird situation. You know, like, I don't know how you, you become so far apart on a guy like Subban. Uh, Montreal's offering him. They think he's worth five, five and a half. Subban and his agent think he's worth eight and a half. They don't agree on anything. They go to arbitration, and then it looks to be that he's going to get a one-year deal. They both agree on a one-year deal. The arbitrator just got to come up with the money, and then a day before he's supposed to come up with it, they they agree on a massive eight-year uh, deal for nine million per year. It it seems it's just weird. It, it, I don't know how they didn't come up with that earlier. Uh, but, you know, it just comes down to the Montreal's too scared, really, to lose a guy like Subban. And in the end, they just they couldn't not agree with the money he wanted. It, you'd rather lock him down for eight years than risk losing him in free agency in a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, we talked about this on the podcast last week when we right before the news came out, we were saying, hey, you got to figure this out. You have a guy that is just killing it with that blue line slap shot. 
you know, and uh, price goes down. Maybe he doesn't. We talked about it. they might beat the Rangers and then play the Kings in the, in the finals. Yeah, and he's the face of your franchise too. Um, and really, the the guy who's going to lead you on the blue line for the net one well, for now the next eight years. They lost uh, they lost Georges to to Buffalo, so, and um, I I think Markov's still there. And then they have and then it's just Subban. Subban's going to be the guy. He led them in the in the points in the playoffs. So, you know, that your defenseman's not really supposed to lead you in points in the playoffs, but uh, when he does and, and how well he's been, uh, you don't usually uh, take these kind of guys to arbitration. Uh, but I guess in the end, it, it worked out for every, uh, for mostly Subban for now. Uh, but when you look at this deal four years from now with the cap uh, increasing, uh, this deal is going to look like, uh, like Crosby's deal does now. So it, it, it's going to be a, a steal in the future. Definitely. Well, that's going to wrap up our show for this time. Brian, thanks for coming on here. Thanks for uh, helping me get all this rolling uh, and joining us this week. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, and make sure, uh, if you don't already, follow Brian. Uh, he's at Twitter at RefuseSuck. Also check out his website, RefuseSuck.com, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Yeah.